0: Welcome to Acting Up, an hour of resistance radio that explores the movements that made us, drawing from the activist archives through to the voices of resistance today. I'd like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting from the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. My name's Megan Williams, your host for today, and with me
1: in the studio is my fabulous
0: co-host M Gayfar. How you going there?
1: Um, really good. Yeah, it's um, come to the end of our series, but it's been a, a great ride.
0: Yeah, a bittersweet end. Uh, So over the past five months, we've been exploring and sharing the retrospective history of Friends of the Earth's 45 years of creative resistance. Looking back at the 45 years that Friends of the Earth has been mobilizing communities, resisting the oppressive forces from patriarchy to nuclear racism and transforming our future towards a more just world for all. Now, I am sorry to say that this week will be the final show in what has been an informative and inspiring series. We've heard from over 40 people who've campaigned with and alongside Friends of the Earth over the past 45 years. From the very first petition in 1974 to stop nuclear testing, to how we've centred climate justice in our work, we've heard stories about protests, parties and politics that make Friends of the Earth what it is today. We couldn't be more grateful for the support that 3CR has given us in creating this series uh, and in sharing the work of Friends of the Earth campaign since the very beginning. That's why for our final show, we will be looking back at the relationship between Friends of the Earth and 3CR, the natural symbiosis between radical radio and grassroots community campaigning and how people of 3CR and FO have worked
1: together uh, to get the stories out there. Yeah, and it's been really great over the series. Off the air, almost all of our guests have mentioned to us how they've been involved with one show or another at 3CR over the years. So uh, it wasn't hard for us to find guests for the show today, but it was hard to narrow it down to just a few to bring on the air with us. Yes, we
0: will be joined by phone by Mick Harris, who was a volunteer at FO in the late 70s and one of the original representatives on the Community Radio Federation. We've also got Larissa McFarlane, who started Greenbeat at Friends of the Earth, uh, Friends of the Earth show on 3CR in 1974.
1: 1994. (laughs) (laughs) And Juliet Fox, who's the current 3CR projects coordinator, who took over Greenbeat in 96 and made it Earth Matters, which is a long-running 3CR show that's still going strong today. Michaela Stubbs, Programming Coordinator at 3CR and Anti-Nuclear Campaigner with the Ace Collective at FOE, and Cam Walker, our Current Campaigns Coordinator at FOE, who has a long history of collaborating with 3CR.
0: It's going to be a big one. So for the final time, we will be covering the history of campaigns and the politics over the time of our 45 years of campaigning here in so-called Australia, what we did and why, why it's still important. Stick around after this community service announcement.
2: every like friday for some black and right CR yeah join me at 11 every friday, eve like friday for yeah, eve like yeah, some black and Deadly sound
3: please hit me
4: 855 on i am doha the
0: Good afternoon, this is Acting Up on 3CR, our final episode looking back at Friends of the Earth's 45 years of creative resistance, today with a focus on the bond between Friends of the Earth and 3CR. Now to start us off, we have Mick Hamlin-Harris on the phone, who was a volunteer at Friends of the Earth back in the 70s and an original representative for FOE on the Community Radio Federation. Welcome to the show, Mick.
6: Yes. Hello, Megan.
0: Now, to start us off, you were involved with both FOE and 3CR. Could you tell us a bit about what you worked on uh back in the 70s?
6: Yeah, sure, sure. So I joined um uh, Friends of the Earth, oh, I don't know, probably about 1977, something like that, just around the time that 3CR was having its birth and getting started, and... Um, I was one of the volunteers, so I used to work in the bookshop at, at Faux and I used to um, do various things around the office. And at 3CR, I used to work on a switchboard, and then I later started to do some programming and um, some programs. So um, with the two organisations, we all saw each, other's, each, each other as very, you know, related. So we were all lefties. We were all trying to achieve social and environmental change, And so we supported each other and also it was a really exciting thing of course because if you get to be on a radio station when back in those days when the radio, um, systems or the radio stations were all controlled by vested interests with lots of money, it was seen as a really wonderful thing.
0: Yes, very good. Well, I can say that I still get very excited to come on the radio here at 3CR. And so you mentioned that uh, you also started uh, or hosted a few environmental programs. Could you tell us, you know, what they were called and what they were about?
6: Yeah, sure. So um, uh, when I'd been with Friends of the Earth for a few years, so it came up to 1980, um, there was an organization in the 1970s called the... The alternative technology co-op um, cooperative, which was a group of people who would get together and build systems and have meetings and talk about social change and talk about you know renewable energy and those kinds of things, and um, it was actually set up by a couple of people, one of whom was uh, Steve Engle from, and he's uh, he runs the business Going Solar that's been around forever, and um, that organisation kind of. It kind of fell over after a while and I was a Friends of the earth wanting it to come back and so I got together with a few people and we got it going again and um, we restarted that as the Alternative Technology Association and that's now gone on to become Renew and there's a magazine called Renew and another magazine called Sanctuary. And so um, I used to do a radio program which was built around... Um, that organisation, so it was talking about renewable energy and solar energy and so on. And I'd do that once a week on uh, Wednesdays.
0: Very good. And was there a big overlap in the in the people that were at Friends of the Earth and at 3CR?
6: Yeah, certainly there was quite a big overlap. So a lot of people would volunteer in both organisations and contribute with both both organisations, which was good. And um, you know, there was a good cross-fertilisation of that. Um, yeah, it was great.
0: And we've heard over the series how faux people used to come up and flyer at 3CR to promote events and fundraisers. Was that sort of um, cross-pollination happening from the very beginning?
6: Look, I'd say it was. You know, there was a lot of that kind of cooperation. Um, Organisations like Friends of the Earth and 3CR they're always poor they've never got enough money so they're always doing fundraising of various types and you know you support each other's fundraisers wherever you can. And
0: we're about to hear from some people who created uh, other show other environmental programs later on in the 90s how long did your show carry on for and were there other environmental programs happening, you know, from the from the 70s and through the 80s?
6: Yeah, well, I started doing my program at 3CR, I think, probably in 1979. And there used to be a, a program on, I think it might have even been on a daily basis, uh, which was called Habitat and Heritage. And it was basically a name that was used for a range of different organizations to come and give environmental information. So I used to do the Wednesday sessions and uh, talk about things and there were other groups that were around at the time that were green environmental groups and I think they did the other days. Um, So I probably did the program for, I don't know, three or four years, something like that. And uh, it continued on for a while after that. And of course, I'm sure there's been many programs since. Mm. Yes, there
0: certainly has. And um, so was it was there like, would you say that the Friends of the Earth volunteers were doing other shows at 3CR? You know, the breakfast shows and you know other kind of staple shows on the station. Was there a lot of Friends of the Earth people doing that and in that cross cross pollination in that way?
6: Look, I think there was. Um, not exactly sure about which they were, but there was um, there were some programs that were more to do with. Um, nuclear energy and avoiding the perils of nuclear energy and i think the faux guys often appeared on those um there could have been a few of them i think but um, it's too hard to remember back that far because it is a while back yes it is
0: well thank you so much for taking the time to join us today nick
6: yeah fine look good on you for doing the program it's um look you know i've got very fond memories of the um Early days with Friends of the Earth. um, I remember when I when I first joined, um, there was a a subgroup, like a a front group, that Friends of the Earth had, which was cool. I think it was called Shareholders for Social Responsibility, and the idea was to um, go into the the annual general meetings of some of the most powerful uh, companies in Australia, and basically intimidate the uh, these incredibly rich, powerful people. by questioning them and objecting and and uh, making a lot of fuss in these meetings. And um, so I remember one of them, when I went to the, the planning session, um, you know, we were all sitting around and the, I was, you know, pretty young at the time and some of the other guys were saying, well, you know, we'll do this, we'll ask these questions and then we'll say, you know, this is an outrage, how, you know, this has not been dealt with and dealt with properly. And then once we get to this point, then we storm the stage. And these guys, you know, these are millionaires at the top of the corporate... You know, it was probably BHP or someone like that. Um, and um, the balls of some of the people had at Friends of the Earth in those early days, it was just amazing, the um, the activism that was used and the ways to push through and get a message through to people who really normally you just can't reach and um, of course the um, shareholders for social responsibility had to be a front group because you know (laughs) these people can go after you in a very serious way so we had to hide the names and identities of the people involved and uh, it was good fun.
0: It sounds like it asking the tough questions from the very beginning. Well uh, yeah thanks again for joining us Mick you're listening to 3CR and we'll be back right after this.
5: 3CR broadcasters present over a hundred radio programs every week, including a diverse range of community language shows.
2: Come to our 3CR Community Radio, please subscribe now.
5: تسمعوا نا إلى إذا 3CR Community Radio الرجاء الاشتراك
7: الآن.
6: نينغال نونغلين سموغوانولي 3CR اي كرت كونديركونديركال. Support the
7: station that gives your community a voice. Subscribe to
2: Three CR. You're listening to
5: Acting Up on Three
1: CR. This is the final show in our history series. We're looking back over Friends of the Earth's 45 years of campaigning. And for our final episode today, we are talking about the revolving door between Friends of the Earth and 3CR, how the organizations have grown together and supported each other over the last 45 years. And we've just been doing a little bit of musical chairs in the studio. We've been joined by the wonderful Cam Walker. How are you going, Cam? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And Larissa McFarlane is also joining us today. How are you going, Larissa?
3: Great. Good to be here.
1: Thank you so much. So we are going to kind of shift forward in time. We were just speaking with Mick Harris, who was involved in the kind of late 70s, early 80s time period uh, at Friends of the Earth and doing some broadcasting on 3CR. And... Now we're going to shift forward to the kind of early 90s. So, Larissa, you were part of starting another environmental program for Friends of the Earth at 3CR that was called Green Beat. So-
3: yeah, well, actually, I wasn't there at the very beginning. I think mm-hmm. I came in two programs in. Yeah. So I think Cam was actually there at the very beginning with Leanne. Yes. That and sounds right. As far as I can tell from my di- notes in my diary, it was around July 1994. Yeah. Great. Um, and I was I was actually already working volunteering here at 3CR and at Friends of the Earth, so um, so I quickly jumped on board as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, um, and then it went on for a couple of years. Indeed, it went for 97 shows.
1: Wow, <laughs> That's a great number. <laughs> yeah. So Cam, you were there for the start of Green Beat.
7: Yes, apparently.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> do you have some recollections from from that time?
7: <laughs> um. Look, I remember a lot of our campaigns were very urban-based at that point, so it was waste minimisation, it was hazardous chemicals, it was nuclear. So a lot of the issues were very brown, inverted commas, rather than green, and that was really reflected, I think, in the programming at the time. And then with Juliet Fox being here, um, I remember very clearly very long programming coming out of the forest protests in the Otways, probably a year or two after it started and you know, Frenzy Earth has always gone through phases dependent on who's there and, you know, what the issues are of the day. But yes, I do remember that when when that the show started, it was kind of coming out of an 80s era in terms of focus, uh, urban, brown, you know, the Coot Island fire, a lot of those issues, very strong social justice, environmental justice perspective. And then parallel to that, there was this kind of upsurge of kind of green forestry, you know, grappling with the beginning of how we do the transition while protecting old trees. So, yeah, it was a, it was at a, one of those kind of watershed moments, I think.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, Interesting, looking back at the my notes of the things that we covered, um, yeah, there was a lot of forests and urban issues like um, um, the Coalition Against the Freeway Extension of Alexander Preparate, that was a big one, um, and Critical Mass, um, which was uh, first appeared in Melbourne through Friends of the Earth, and that was 24th of November 1995. Um, yeah, so we were you know, the programme was quite involved in that as well. Although I don't remember taking along a um a recorder with me. I think we were all a bit too you did, Juliet <laughs> did. <laughs> Great. Juliet, do you want to say something? <laughs> oh,
8: yeah. No, I certainly remember going to a few critical mass and juggling the super scope and the bicycle, and they were great. What, what happened to them? We should bring them back.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
7: Well, I, I do remember in there that very long blockade of Alexandra parade. Yeah, it was long. And it was kind of hard because it was just down the road from Frenzy Earth and 3CR, and so often we would need to be down there at dawn. And it was literally, from memory, it was more than 40 days of blockading by citizens. Like, it was an epic effort and at, you know at, after kind of we'd been through the rigmarole with the police removing people or arresting people in the morning people then kind of wander back up the street and go to either Faux or to 3CR so I felt like they were they were part of the community that was back in those protests
3: yeah i remember going in and filling uh organizing a team of people at night to go in and fill in the holes that they dug during the day only we only had a wheelbarrow and, sp- and spades and they had big machines but okay. we did it <laughs> in, indeed
7: a, And there were I remember there were arrests And I remember It was the front page Of the Herald Sun Of you know These people daring To stop progress And my memory Is everyone was acquitted um, those, those people That had all uh, Been arrested And it was interesting It kind of stood On the shoulders Of the earlier activism The Citizens Against Freeways CAF So we adopted The name CAFE Because we gentrified Gentrified was kind of A joke on you know How the neighbourhood Had changed <laughs> But also kind of Standing in that tradition So the original the original CAF campaign in the summer in the 1970s had blockaded the original Eastern Freeway, basically cutting a path through the working class neighbourhood of Collingwood. And then, you know, probably 15, 20 years later was Cafe, which was, you know, opposing the extension further into the neighbourhood and the, the widening of Alexandra Parade.
1: Mm. It's great that, um, you know, just going back to what you're saying about the Herald Sun kind of covering that, how did it feel at the time to have 3CR coverage of issues like that when you're kind of up against the mainstream media's portrayal of, you know, activism and community issues?
3: Well, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: It was fantastic. And, of course, you know, these are early days of the old brick mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that was quite radical in its in its own right because there was a point where if you were recording, you know, material on the street, you'd have to come back to the station to produce it and then we went to the point where we actually had, wow, mobile phones and they were like kind of Miami Vice, like enormous kind of 1970s era kind of giant Motorola bricks but we felt we were very cool at the time and we'd do live to air crosses to 3CR. So I remember that being kind of that kind of turning point in activism where suddenly felt we felt like it was immediate rather than, you know, after someone had got back and listen to it and package it up and put it on air.
1: Mm. That's really cool to hear about the changes because, you know, it does seem like in a sense technology-wise like radio is a pretty solid one that, you know, over the series we've been talking about all different changing technologies like the internet or, um, you know, people campaigning through those means but radio has kind of always been there but it has changed also.
7: Yes, it has and yet it's just been the constant. That's the other remarkable thing.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And so when you started Green Beat, were there any other kind of environment programs going at 3CR?
7: I don't think so. That's why
3: we were doing it. Mm Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, I know there'd been an earlier Frenzy Earth one, which I think was Habitat and Heritage. Yes, that's Um, what Mick just talked about. Oh, okay, very good. And then it was in abeyance for a long while, and then we just had the capacity Mm -hmm. at Frenzy Earth to say, hey, it's time to go back and give it another shot. And here we are, Dirt Radio, uh, another, you (laughs) know, version of of the same band, really.
3: Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Um, I was going to say, the memory of my very first show, um, which was, I think, the third show in, um, was interviewing uh, Larry Walsh about the Living Museum of the West. Um, And I now live out west, so I know Larry quite well. Mm -hmm. But we had him as a guest quite a few times during that time. Um, mm. Yeah,
7: and I remember we actually spent a lot of time on the early shows thinking around Placing ourselves where we were. So my memory is the first one, uh, we talked about, well, where are we in terms of the Yarra, the, the lower reaches of the Yarra River? And we had people from the Indigenous Nurseries Co-op, which is still in existence over in Fairfield. And we talked about, you know, living in place and the bioregional aspects of that. And then at the, then that led to a series of conversations around First Nations and whose land were we on, and it kind of all progressed from there. So I really feel like in terms of situating the, you know, the, the program itself, we did a really good job of saying, well, this is in a real place, a beautiful place on the lower Mary Creek and the, the lower Yarra, and we're also on the lands of the Wurundjeri people. So I, I feel like we started it well.
3: Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. And I have to, um, I'm to i thinking about, you know, you know, being the sort of, I suppose, the anchor presenter over those two years. Um, In some ways it was a pretty easy job because, uh, well, it was hard because you've got to sort of round up people and rounding up activists can actually be quite hard (laughs) sometimes. Um, But also that Friends of the Earth was just full of so many campaigns and so many people with such amazing knowledge and really up-to-date stuff happening that I just needed to, you know, get them here and get them talking and then they were off. So it was great. So we had so many people talk during that time from three friends of from friends of the earth and i want to acknowledge um Lyndall barnett was a presenter um for quite a number of shows and also roger
7: whose name oh I yes roger me, of course his her name eludes me as well
8: and me i was hoping <laughs> that you would not <laughs>
3: um yeah, I've got written down here that Gavin McFadgen did a few presenting as he, well. He
7: did, yes. Yeah. Uh, he was really involved in the forest campaign and yeah. kind of when he could. And Clive Roseworn as well. Have we mentioned yes. Clive?
3: No, no. We just started talking. In yep. So Clive definitely was in a lot. Um, and Canopy appeared. Um, we um, I was part of the anti genetic engineering campaign with um with Clive. So Georgie talked to us. Um, Damien Lawson, I remember. Um, And at the time, um, um, oh, we talked about the Tarkine quite a bit, which is pretty sad because we still are. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, um, one of the things I remember too is that we did have, um, whilst we were focusing, as you say, you know, on urban issues and forest issues, we did a lot of focusing outside um, internationally. And I I mean, a lot of details escape me and I can't really remember, but I do remember talking a lot about the World Bank because the World mm. Bank was really evil, and um, and we talked a lot about um, Boutros Boutros-Ghali, and about Gareth Gareth Evans, which is what he we called him because he was implicit in in that. Um, and I discovered in my diary that there was actually a um, a rally protest against Gareth Evans on the 31st of the 8th 95. <laughs> just him no one else <laughs> there you go.
7: I guess it was the beginning of the rise of the anti-corporate globalisation movement which kind of peaked at the end of that decade so that was the early stages of that and mm. then with critical mass and streets for people that was a really strong campaign operating out of friends of earth at that point so you know the the critical mass rides the the Protests down um, on Alexander Parade But also at the other end at Beyond Box Hill uh, at the Mullen Creek End where they extended the freeway through to Ringwood, that was a really you know strong Driving force I remember in that kind of you know, mid 90s years
1: mm. Yeah, seems like there was a lot going on To be covered at l- the time A lot of schools too, we covered The schools, a lot of schools
3: were being closed And there was a lot of protests around that And um, so um, Yeah, we covered Northlands
7: that Northlands Lans, and Richmond, Richmond. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the Kennedy era. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you know you're talking there's a bit of a a bit of a casting crew of different presenters who are part of it and I think we've talked about in this show the way that um kind of collective decision making is a big part of Friends of the Earth and I guess 3CR is a radical organisation you know I kind of see that as part of this organisation too did you feel like that was all kind of all kind of blended together here the values of the organisations and that sort of thing?
3: um i look i think you have to clarify that question for me
1: so yeah i guess we've talked about over the series you know like friends of the earth having collective decision making and working in groups kind of as a core part of the work that we do and i guess i'm wondering if you found that at your time at 3cr as well
3: um i think 3cr and friends of the earth work quite differently but Mm -hmm. we worked you know together well but um uh 3CI has a, I don't know about now, but a, a more hierarchical structure, and mm-hmm. Friends of the Earth was really flat, and, or attempted to be anyway, and really collective-based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to? No, I think note? that's spot on. Yeah, hmm.
1: interesting. And, you know, do you feel like um, in your time doing Green Beat, like how did you feel the support for from 3CR for the Friends of the Earth community like over your time doing that?
3: Yeah, it was awesome. Like, yeah, no, um, keeping Green Beat um, going, like, you know, it's a big thing to do a show. It's a big commitment from Friends of the Earth, but also a big commitment for, to, from 3CR. Um, our show was an hour long, which is, you'll know, f- no, it's quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so 3CR were really supportive about... Um, recognizing that, you know, we weren't a really well-funded organization and, that, you know, they supported us to, um, in terms of, you know, our fundraising um, to keep the show on air. Yeah. Mm,
1: absolutely. All right, well, we might take a moment now to go to a quick song. And when we come back, um, Juliette, I'd love to hear some more about how you got involved and switching Green Beat over to Earth Matters. But for now, we're going to go to the song Muckety. It's by Kylie Sambo. You are on Acting Up on 3CR.
4: Go to the waist dump, waist dump, dump. Your hand, you're drilling a hole right through my soul, right through my soul, right through my soul. Dirt waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. Dirt waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. marketing.
0: Welcome back to Acting Up on 3CR, we're celebrating Friends of the Earth with a retrospective history series for the very last time. Our final show is looking back at the mutually beneficial bond between radical radio and decentralised organising at Friends of the Earth. Now we've been hearing about Greenbeat, uh, Friends of the Earth's hosted show on 3CR through the 90s. Uh, and now we're going to change our tune to see what that was like from the 3CR perspective. Joining us in studio is current projects coordinator, Juliet Fox, and programs coordinator, Michaela Stubbs, who have both given plenty of their time to uh and 3CR over the years. So maybe to start us off, there was a little confusion actually doing the research for this show. Juliet, can you tell us how you got started and whether you were ever part of, like, felt like you were officially part of Friends of the Earth. Uh,
8: Yes, I certainly was a volunteer at various times on various... Issues at Friends of the Earth, and I think there's been a lot of consulting of the ni- mid 90s diaries, um, and so <laughs> I too consulted the 95 diary, and I could see that I was certainly attending a um, women's forest meeting that was held at Faux in the mid 95. Um, that culminated in a women's forest blockade at the end of 1995. So I'd actually been living overseas for two and a half years prior to that kind of period. So I think that that was probably my first engagement as an activist, as a forest activist. Um, who was also doing radio programming, kind of going to Faux and doing things. And that did then lead to a range of other activities, kind of helping out on other campaigns very randomly and at a distance. Um, but I then also um, attended, on behalf of Friends of the Earth, the Congress of Environmental Journalists in Bangladesh in 1999, which I had kind of forgotten about, but my memory was jogged. So, yeah, I, I definitely considered myself a faux person, um, and but I'd already had involvement at 3CR in 91, 92, so it was a merging of things for me.
0: Great. And, yeah, how did uh, your story at 3CR begin? Ah,
8: so I was doing journalism straight out of uh, high school at RMIT. Uh, It was a very new journalism course. And uh, I think I was already quite um, politically concerned, I suppose, I would describe it as. And uh, I was quite flabbergasted at what I was being taught at university basically. I didn't think that it was particularly social justice focused and I suppose I was quite naive in thinking that journalism was the vehicle for social change. So I was a little bit shocked to find that that course was not Uh, affirming that as a belief Uh, but fortunately there was a couple of people who were already doing a breakfast show at 3CR and they said hey you should come and do the Friday breakfast show with us at 3CR and I was like where? (laughs) So in mid-1991 I came to 3CR, did the training and uh, did the
0: Friday breakfast show for about a year and a half. Mm. And of course, we were just talking about Green Beat, which wrapped up in '96, uh, and you took that over and turned it into Earth Matters. Yeah.
8: So as I said, like '95, I was already kind of doing things around um, Friends of the Earth was very. I was also doing stuff at the Wilderness Society, but I suppose I was, you know, increasingly recognizing that Friends of the Earth aligned with my values a lot more, as did three CR and while you we were talking about the difference in kind of structure of the station of the of the organizations in terms of three CR and FO, what is really closely aligned is a very strong social justice, anti-capitalist analysis of social and political and environmental issues. So I think I was, you know, really interested and very supportive of all of Foe's work. So I was doing a a home time show at that time in um, 95, 96. I was doing the Wednesday home time show. And then, yeah, for whatever reason, and like, I can't really remember, um, the, the Green Beat show was winding up or wanting to be handed over to someone else. So I was really interested in starting an environment show. And so those things then aligned. And so
3: yeah I just want to say it was just amazing. <laughs> it was really great because yeah we two years a long time and yeah. um, and I was moving on to other projects and it was just great that Juliet was keen, and so yeah. we were very happy yeah
8: and there was a few things i suppose aligning there as well. so I took over the hour long show and I renamed it Earth Matters, but at that time, public radio news, which was a local um Local media organisation that produced a lot of national shows for the community radio sector and they had produced a, an environment show for many years called Watching Brief. And they were folding at that time. So there was a gap that appeared, I suppose, in terms of presenting a, a national half-hour environment show. And there was also funding that was potentially available from the Community Broadcasting Foundation because they had been funding that in the past. So there was a kind of a bit of a manoeuvre to then, you know, make the show a, a half-hour nationally relevant kind of more magazine-style, if you like, um, program that could then be sent out nationally. So it started going national quite soon after. It kind of merged from Green Beat on a Thursday between 12 and 1 and then three months later it was on a Sunday in the morning and it was half hour and then it was a national show.
1: Mm. Sounds like really good kind of symbiotic timing to get all of that together. Something else I wanted to ask you about is... um, you, Cam was just mentioning before that you did some recording out at a blockade, and another kind of gem that we unearthed during the finding of this series was that you actually recorded all the audio from Friends of the Earth International Solidarity Gathering in 1998. So you obviously had an interest in doing broadcasts like from special events, which I think is a really important part of 3CR and something that we still do to this day. So I was just wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about your interest in that and how you got into doing that.
8: Yeah, well, I mean, it was interesting participating in that program that you focused on in terms of the Indigenous Solidarity Gathering and kind of to discover that, yes, I did have all of the cassette tapes and there had actually it had actually been organised because it was in the program that I was recording it all. <laughs> um, but then you realise now what a precious thing that is and there wasn't anyone else there recording that and I think that that is still very common now, that 3CR is out there recording key social justice activities and documenting them and broadcasting them and putting them out there for people to know about and without us often that doesn't happen so Yeah, I was was very keen to, you know, bring those voices from Otways, but then also did quite a lot of recording down in East Gippsland, um, in Gullungulka as well. But then also, you know, the Students of Sustainability Conference up in Townsville and went to Jabaluka doing lots of recordings. So, yeah, went to lots of places bringing it back to here.
0: Mm, Very good. And Michaela, you were involved, or you've been involved in the Anti-Nukes Collective at Friends of the Earth and also uh, for a long time here at 3CR. Do you want to just share your story a little bit? Mm. Yeah, well,
5: um, I joined the what was then called the Anti-Uranium Collective at Friends of the Earth in, I think I was year 2000. Um, so at the time, Loretta O'Brien, who's now the office coordinator here, has <laughs> been for a long time. Um, so she was, um, the collective coordinator alongside Bruce Thompson. Um, and Isla and Eric were also part of the collective and um, they were presenting the radioactive show at the time. So, yeah, I came along joined the collective and that's when I first heard about 3CR and, yeah, Eric was often at the different rallies and events we had with the little recording device doing interviews I was like oh what's he up to and (laughs) yeah so that's how I first yeah learned about um, yeah discovered 3CR and I guess yeah it was interesting Mick earlier was talking about that flyering at the station and so on and yeah when I was in my initial stages of volunteering to help with the collective often that would be one of the tasks we'd have an event coming up and it was like first port of call go up to 3cr and <laughs> put flies in the fidget holes so um yeah yeah so that that um yeah was my initial introduction um and yeah went on to work as campaigns coordinator We i mean the collective coordinator with the anterenium collective a bit later on and that's when i first was interviewed on 3cr and um yeah and it was for one of the breakfast shows so an early morning show um i think it was about food irradiation or something we were having a speaking tour on at the time and it was amazing i got um yeah, delivered to 3CR a record of my interview on CD, so I could listen back and yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty bad, to be honest. <laughs> but the whole thing was is that it was a great um, way to get your media skills up and to do interviews with a really friendly media organisation. And, um, yeah, I think that was a perfect example of, yeah, just how supportive 3CR was to, yeah, go, okay, here's the, the resources to to help support you. Um mm. Yeah, so that was really amazing. And then um in two yeah, two thousand and thirteen Jesse Boylan said, Oh, we're looking for new members for the radioactive show and yeah, so that's when I came in and did the training and yeah,
0: started making radio here. Great. Mm. And from our side of Smith Street on Friends of the Earth, you know, we know three C R as a community radio platform and somewhere to get our news out and build our media skills um so there's obvious benefits from our side of the fence but now that you're part of 3CR like what what does what does 3CR see as you know friends of the earth benefit in that relationship yeah well i mean i think that um
5: yeah, there's so many crossover, obviously, with the uh, people, activists that are at Friends of the Earth that, you know, um, being interviewed, providing really vital information um, about a lot of the campaigns and issues and, and stories that we want to cover here and get out there. And I know, yeah, when I was, I presented with Earth Matters for a little while as well. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, we'd just give a call to to um, Friends of the Earth and say, you know, what's a vital thing that we we should be covering and, you know, who are some of the people that we should be speaking to about that Um, and of course Friends of the Earth has been an affiliate member so really, you know at the station that's really vital for us it's how we're built out of affiliated groups and to have continued working together for all this time in that way Um,
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like a nice friendly neighbourhood and, you know, (laughs) we've always been been a community together. So stick around. This is 3CR and we'll be back after this.
8: We're talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing, but we basically mean the same things, don't we here?
6: Wherever there are chemical
0: corporations around the world, they're constantly trying
3: to chip away at regulation. Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories, from developments in government and industry, to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au.
5: While the headlines have subsided, The nuclear power plant is still not under control with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors.
6: Law needs to change
2: so that uh, our rights can be recognised so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is out.
1: Are listening to 3CR. This is M. I am here with my co-host Megan and we are bringing you the final episode of Acting Up Today. We've been looking back at Friends of the Earth's 45 years of history over the last few months and it is coming to a close. So, over the series we've heard from our origins in anti-nukes and anti-whaling. How the Faux Food Cop would get up at 5am to make soy milk, how we've worked with everyone from First Nations people to farmers, unions and logging communities, trying to protect people and planet. And today we've been hearing about the close relationship between Faux and 3CR over the years. So we are coming towards wrapping up the show for today and we were just in the studio kind of having some... Final reminiscings about some of the different and exciting events that FO and 3CR were, have had over the years. And, Juliette, you wanted to talk about the Sustainable Breakfast Series.
8: Yeah, so we hosted a Sustainable Breakfast Series, really. It was a, a funded project with Friends of the Earth and 3CR, and each year from 2013 to 2016 in February, we would have all of our breakfast shows do their shows live from the um, FO food co-op in the front. Which was heaps of fun because mm-hmm. of course there was coffee and there was a little audience and there was food and uh, each um, day, certainly in the last broadcast, we had live music. And it was also a great opportunity for our um, breakfast teams who obviously, you know, are coming in here uh, week in, week out, doing their show in Studio One to actually go somewhere else and present mm. and have an audience and everything. And that was a great opportunity to talk to all of the different faux campaigners about... The different campaigns that were going on, whether it was really local ones or ones around Victoria or beyond, so yeah, it was just a really great, a really great series, and all all of the audios online on the 3CR website. Actually, it was great. Yeah,
1: Megan and I were interviewed on the oh, Sustainable Breakfast Series. Yeah. Very first appearance on 3CR. Fantastic. <laughs> you yeah. So a first taste for us in the awesomeness yeah. of uh, 3CR. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was great. Such a good um, community event. And it's so beautiful, kind of, you know, uh, we've talked a lot about Friends of the Earth being out in the community in 3CR, you know, being out in the community with the recorder. But something that's so special is that we do share Smith Street, which is such a powerful yeah. and magical place. And it is really nice to be able to bring both 3CR and Friends of the Earth, you know, into one space on Smith Street.
8: And one year we also held the Beyond the Bars CD launch in the front there at Mm. Friends of the Earth. You know, it's such a great on-the-street kind of space. Um, But we were also talking before off-air about um, uh, S11, the protests against the World Economic Forum in the year 2000. And as I recall it, and Cam, you might recall as well um I I remember I was the current affairs coordinator here at the time and I remember there was a lot of conversation around organizing and our coverage in particular of the the protest and we had um or I I had a series of calls from someone who was working in the casino who was giving me information about where they thought the special ops whatever were going to be and where they were going to come out and it was all rather you know mysterious but then I think I would call you Cam and (laughs) let you know whatever detail this person and I I have no idea whether I was thinking about it the other day whether it was accurate or not in terms of it probably didn't matter in the end Um, but yes that was an important um, collaboration in terms of coverage also of the important work that Foe was doing there as part of those protests as well.
1: Cam, did you have any recollections of that?
7: Yeah, I guess um, those protests where there was a blockade of the Crown Casino for several days and literally thousands of people were blockading the, um, the, the meeting that was being held there, I think it kind of highlights to me you know, the value of places like 3CR because of course the Murdoch Press was absolutely beside itself, it was in a Absolute frenzy of, you know, Melbourne was being besieged by the anarchists and all that sort of thing, and really worked itself into this kind of moral outrage panic. Um, but there were a lot of really important issues being discussed there around working conditions around the world, around globalisation, around trade agreements, and it was 3CR that was getting that message out in a really, you know, considered and fair way. So To my mind, it just really highlights the the continued value of community radio where you can have conversations that are in-depth and that are in context as well. And, you know, that's really important at those times when mainstream media is often hyperventilating about what's right in front of their face at the time and not really being prepared to give the time or the attention to thinking around the context and what's the biggest story here. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely, yeah.
8: And, and sometimes you will hear people talk about how they listen to the coverage on 3CR of an event like that that they were at and go, Oh, thank goodness that there, there's a representation that is accurate, actually accurate of what I just participated in rather than looking at the news or, as you say, the front of the Herald Sun about some kind of element of that protest that there's no resemblance to the activity that they were at. And I, that is an important, um, reality-building exercise, if you like, for activists in particular to have that media reflect back to them what their experiences were at those actions and things as well.
1: Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, I feel like we kind of saw that even last year with the IMARC protest. That's and right. It's really great to yeah. see that 3CR is still just filling uh, an important niche for our activist community here. Um So I guess I was wondering, you know, Cam and maybe Michaela as well, you might be able to comment on this. So, you know, it's been a long relationship for Friends of the Earth and 3CR kind of almost starting around the same time. Like in your time, do you think you've seen any changes in the relationship between FO and 3CR? Maybe a hard question.
7: (laughs) We still have a relationship. That's always a good start. Um, I think, you know, it does go in in eras depending on what our issues are and how much they mesh with 3CR and how busy 3CR is so sometimes you spend less time together but as in any friendship <laughs> that doesn't mean that things aren't good it just means you're doing some other things for a while so I think you know it's never been like we've, we've had any disagreements it's been a remarkably harmonious relationship for so many decades and I feel like it's as strong as it's ever been but there are times where there are just so many issues going on at this point in the 21st century that you can't cover them all and all and, you know, 3CR, by definition of what it is, has to cover so much stuff well beyond mm. the gamut of our interests and our concerns. So we'll always be a subset of the broader social justice, environmental justice issues that 3CR needs to cover. Mm.
5: Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, like looking back at the history of the radioactive show, like that was started by uh, the Movement Against Uranium Mining Group, which was an affiliate um of three C R at the time and then yeah, and they worked really closely with Friends of the Earth on the anti nuclear campaign and all the protests at the time and then later on when the movement against uranium mining or MOM folded um, the money that was left over they sort of put to this information service which was called the Sustainable Energy and Anti-Uranium Service <laughs> and um, and that was kind of managed by Friends of the Earth and um, Gavard Munn did the website, Les Dalton did the flyers and Eric and Isla and Linda did the radioactive show and then uh, later on once that sort of pot of money ran out well the anti- uh, what is now the anti-nuclear and clean energy collective took on um, yeah still funding that show so and I think those sort of things like you're saying with, with you know with Earth and then that became Earth Matter so there's that mutual thing where it's like oh we're all working on the same stuff in different ways and just keeping those different um, sources of information and and platforms for these voices alive and thriving
0: mm. and uh, that might be a beautiful place to end this series uh, sadly this is the last show of our retrospective history series if you've enjoyed hearing these stories we'd love to hear from you get in touch via our Facebook page or you can call Friends of the Earth on nine four one nine eight seven double zero. All of our episodes are available for streaming on demand via 3cr.org.au
1: slash actingup and where you get your podcasts. And I will just say, I feel like, you know, today we've actually touched, going back into the 3CR's coverage, we've touched on so many episodes that we've covered in the show, um, and it's made me feel really humbled to have, you know, gone through so much history and have learnt so much myself being a part of this show and met so many incredible activists. Mm. It has been a really special experience uh, to create
0: this show, and I'm really grateful for 3CR and everyone at Friends of the Earth over the years to have helped make this happen. And we're very thankful
8: that you've done it. You've Absolutely. done an amazing job and I, have, I can't say I've listened to everyone but I'm looking forward to going back and listening to them and it's a fantastic record that you have created and it's been amazing how you've brought people back in who haven't been part either of Faux or 3CR for some time. You've done a truly excellent job.
0: Well, Thank here, you. Here. Very here. Much. <laughs> And so thank you to everyone who's joined us in studio today. Uh, Mick Hamlin-Harris by phone, Larissa McFarlane, Juliet Fox, Michaela Stubbs, and Cam Walker. It has been an absolute pleasure to wrap up the series like this. I'd also like to thank my co-producer, M. Thank you, Megan. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for Jan's, Jan's Tuesday home time. And to finish us off, we're going to come full circle and close the series where we started it, with Mock, Keep It In The Ground.
2: My videotape recording from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. last <laughs> match against next Sunday. In college football, it looks like be UCLA once again in the Rose Bowl after their blazing victory over the Trojans of USC. Fourth quarter touchdown pass. UCLA a 21-18 victory for 85,000 fans. Uh, here's an urgent flash from our newsroom. In New York City. Oh my God. There's been a nuclear accident. I, I don't believe it. Hey, is this for real? My name is Jonah the Whale. Out on the ocean, I say. Out where the wind.